This is Cultivate a Good Life, episode 153, Looking Up with Michelle Rigby. I'm Becky Higgins, and with me is my friend and co-host, Becky Proudfit. Hello. And we are delighted to be with you for yet another week of this conversation that we love to have about cultivating a good life. This is a good one. Well, I mean, they're all good. They're all good. (laughs) I think this one's particularly um, impactful for the summer months. Mm. Um, We'll introduce you to Michelle Rigby, but she gives us a lot of great information about the epic battle of kids and screen time and what Mm -hmm. we can do as adults to help them to look up. And it's not only an epic battle, but I I like to think of it as an ongoing conversation. When I think about um, those of us who are in our camp, meaning we're mothers of a generation who they are the first ones to have phones Mm -hmm. in their pockets, and we're the first parents to have kids with phones in their pockets. Right. So I I kind of, sometimes when I get overwhelmed or stressed out about it, I I like to step back and look down at us all from 30,000 feet and go, you know, we're really all pioneering this territory. We're really navigating it for the first time, all of us together. And so I think that any conversation that we can have that helps us just kind of take into consideration. Figure it out. Yeah, figure it out. And also just like, just be mindful, be be thoughtful Mm -hmm. about it. And that's what I love about this conversation with Michelle. She's delightful. She's she's so, 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 so great. She does such an important work. And I know for me, um, I love what you said about us being the pioneering generation of this, because honestly, it makes me feel better when I'm like, this is hard and I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. But really, of course, we don't know what to do because because it's a first time experience for all of us. Yep. So the more information we can get, the better so that we can make an intentional choice for our family. That's right. And it's important to remember that no one has it all completely figured out, but everyone who cares about the the topic at hand will have um, valuable insight that's worth considering. Absolutely. So you guys are going to love this conversation, but first let's hear a quick word from this week's sponsor. Our favorite kind of feedback on our podcast work is when our listeners share with us about the episodes and messages and personal impressions that are deeply resonating with them. Mm -hmm. We love hearing how listening to the podcast helps you to feel buoyed up, supported, and enlightened. Our other favorite feedback is when you tell us how much you are loving the brands and products that we recommend. For example, I think it's safe to say that not a week goes by that we don't hear from someone thanking us for telling them about Shine Cosmetics. And for a very good reason. Yes. Once you try their products, you'll see why Shine is our go-to brand for makeup. Not only the quality, but because everything they stand for is empowering women and girls. Plus, their ingredients are gluten-free, cruelty-free, hypoallergenic, and paraben free. It's hard to pick just one favorite product, but we highly recommend the BB cream, lip gloss, and their concealer is the best we've ever used. Visit shinecosmetics.com and enter the code Becky at checkout to save at least 10%. And you can use that code every time you place an order. What an honor it is to have this ongoing conversation that I feel like it keeps coming up over and over about this day and age that we live in with technology, Mm -hmm. with social media, with these things that can be good and bad, right? Mm -hmm. I love the ongoing conversation. And that is another piece 
today is another piece of that because we're honored to have you, Michelle, on the show to com- continue that conversation. So welcome to Thank Cultivate you. a Good Life. Thank you so much for having me. And fun fact, it's her first time <laughs> on a podcast. What an I'm honor. I'm kind of shocked because Michelle's one of the most like well-spoken confident individual behind the scenes i would much rather put somebody else out there and sharing the information and i'm glad you said that because that's exactly why we need you on this microphone today because it sometimes it takes the wheelhouse behind the scenes to come up to the microphone Mm -hmm. and say look i have seen and felt and lived and breathed and eaten and drink Drunk, drunk, drunk. <laughs> She's not drunk. Just so we're clear. Just, just Nor not yet. Yet. Not yet. too early in the day. <laughs> but the inner workings of this work, and so maybe yeah. that's a good place to start. Is you explaining the work and your role in the work? So the work is all about the message of saving the kids, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll just kind of tell you how I started. A few years ago, three years ago, my sister introduced me to an Instagram, and it was Colin Karchner, and. I would laugh my head off at all the inappropriate things that he would say and do. And I would be in bed watching his stories, laughing, and my husband would hit me and say, turn that man's voice off. I cannot stand it. <laughs> Who is the other man in our bed with us? <laughs> so, so it was just an ongoing thing. And then that day that Colin took off his big sunglasses when he had that tragedy happen with the, the young girl, Whitney, um, and he said, you know what? We've got to fix things. We've got to, cha- we've got to hashtag save the kids and get real. And he was part of the problem. Um, he changed his focus and changed his message. And I think people stopped following him because he lost the funny and he got serious. But I saw it as, you know, he really wanted to make a difference. And He had a change of heart. He did. A legitimate change of heart. Big change of heart. And it happened very quickly. And I watched that unfold as well because I've known Colin a long time. And it was drastic. Mm -hmm. A lot of people felt that. It was him being funny walking into a Maverick and then getting into his car afterwards with his nooch saying, no more. Mm-hmm. No more funny. He literally stopped in an instant. Yeah. And if you didn't know Colin, you won't know anything that she just no. said. That will make no sense. But most of you probably know yes. Colin and you will know what she's talking about with the nooch, for example. Mm-hmm. Carry on. So nooch is nutrients. Mm-hmm. When the moms after their gym workout, they go get their, their diet, Dr. Pepper, <laughs> which is their nutrients. Nooch, diet, Dr. Pepper. Nooch is always it. Um, so I watched him kind of change and he went, he posted something about going down to Manti, Utah and doing this presentation in front of a cheerleading squad. And I thought, oh my gosh, he could totally come to Gilbert, Arizona and he could speak to some kids here. And so I reached out to him and he said, yeah, that'd be great. What do you charge? No, just get me there. So on my own dime, I was doing lashes out of my house at the time. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. And so I just thought, I'm going to save all my money and I'm going to fly him down, get him a car, get him a place to stay and get him here talking to the kids. Well, then I actually had to go into a school and say, um, trust me. You don't know this guy. You don't even really know me. Right. But just trust me. There's a message there. And the director at the school felt something the way I felt something. And he said, okay, I trust you. Let's do it. So we flew Colin down. He did six school assemblies. He did two parent nights. He touched everyone that was in there. Um, he did it with Katie McPherson, and we had Evie Claire come. And it was a beautiful evening event, a lot of awareness. Um, a lot of parents didn't know. When he started talking about what a Finsta is, a lot of parents didn't even know what a Finsta is. And maybe if you don't, you need to reach out to me and find out what that is. Or do you want to tell us right now? <laughs> okay, so a Finsta is when your teenager has a fake Instagram account oh, mm-hmm. yeah. that their parents can't follow. Finsta, got they, it. And they're Finsta. called spam accounts sometimes too. Like mm-hmm. there's lots of different names, but all kinds of craftiness. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So, so that was just one of the things that he was able to open up the eyes and minds of these parents. And these parents are going, okay, I got to go home and check on my kids a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, not realizing how much damage was going on between behind the scenes with social media. Um, so when it was all said and done, I looked at Colin in the eye and said, Colin, 
you need to be out there speaking in front of every kid in this country. You mm-hmm. make them feel something. You're so captivate, captivating that they will feel it and they will want to make a change. And he said, no, Michelle, no one wants to hear me speak. And I said, no, they will. And I looked at Liz and Liz said, well, there's a team of people having meetings just to keep having meetings to have meetings in Utah, trying to get him in front of all the schools in Utah. I said, well, forget that. No more meetings. Let's just do it. Let's just make it up as we go. Throw my name out on social media. Let's see what happens. And so he did. And within two weeks, I hadn't booked out for six months. And he's going, Mm -hmm. wait, what the heck? I said, well, Mm. when can you quit your day job? How much money do you need to make? Because this mission is too important. I saw Colin as a vehicle to get this most important message out, something that I feel very, very passionate about, just to help the kids. I've worked with the youth for many years Mm -hmm. in different types of settings. And I love, I love the youth. I love the kids. And Mm -hmm. what we're seeing in this, especially in this social media pandemic it's, we're losing these kids. We are. It's it's really, there's a lot out there. There's a lot out there with social media. And I think the difference is, is as parents, I think a lot of people think, well, if my kid is not seeking out evil or seeking out whatever, X, Y, or Z bad thing, comparison, pornography, whatever, then they're safe. And what, what parents sometimes fail to realize, especially if they're not engaged and kind of learned in social media, is that these things literally are coming for your children. It's, they don't even have to seek it out. It's coming. And the thing that touched my heart when my children had the honor to hear Colin speak was that he does focus on the heart. He does focus on touching their hearts so that they can make a decision that's going to bring them happiness. It's going to bring them the things they want in life. And so it almost took kids and parents out of this very passive, like, Lazy fair like, okay, well, social media, and it's just part of today, and of course, and, and made everyone stop and think and get really intentional about what social media is, why it's good, why it's bad, what it means, so that they can make decisions on how to keep them and their families safe. Well, and the interesting part about that is, you know, parents, as parents, we're the first generation of parents to be giving our kids cell phones, smartphones, right. and yeah. social media and access to it. And we don't really see what's going on well, when they're upstairs so by themselves. Right. And there's so much to navigate with that because, like you said, first generation. So much, like, we don't have the There's no guidebook book. here. Yeah. No, there's no, no guidebook. And there's no long term studies of like the effect that this has that's right. 50 years down the road. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's coming. And when that does, it's going to shock us all, I think. We're all going to be very disappointed in ourselves, I mm-hmm. think, that, yeah. that we allowed this to happen. But, you know, I think it, it has to happen so we can grow and learn from it. Well, and right? I would, I'm sorry to always be like Pollyanna with my, my chime in on that, but I hope Own that more Pollyanna. than dis- I will, more than disappointed, I hope that we feel empowered and more clear, like, okay, my eyes are open, now I see, onward and upward, so I can instead, make better of, decisions, instead of being yeah. self-deprecating with like, crap, I sucked as a parent or a leader of the youth or anything like that, okay, now I feel resolve. I want to resolve to be better now. So let's, I'm just jumping ahead, but hopefully we're not beating ourselves up as much as we are resolving to do better. Yeah. Well, and don't you think that if a parent goes into their kid and says, okay, we're going to look at our smartphone, we're going to look at our social media, we're going to actually put some limits on that. Those kids aren't going to hear it the way a parent tells you to stop doing something. You're like, no, 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 no. I'm going to do it the way I want to do it. But having an outsider, somebody like Colin, somebody captivated that can come in and and relate to them and relate to them and just be this silly, funny guy who can make them laugh and cry in the same half second mm-hmm. and feel like well, my favorite thing about his presentations is that he had this huge slide deck mm-hmm. and schools would often complain about there's too many slides. He shows too many slides, but you know what kids nowadays they're moving so fast. Their, mm-hmm. mi- their minds are moving so fast. Mm. The video games, you know, if you look at the way we played Pac-Man as a kid and the way they're playing Fortnite now, it's, there's too many things going on at the same time. So Colin created this presentation where he was flipping through slides so fast that they were seeing something 
hearing something and feeling something. There was no time for them to look down at their phone or talk to their friend and say, whoa, did you just hear that? Because if they did talk to their friend, they missed something really funny or something really good. Mm. They really felt like they missed Such out. Such an interesting yeah, really strategy. Smart. Yeah, very cool. So when I'm working with my new speakers, that's what I'm encouraging them to do is make sure you can't just go and lecture kids. Mm-hmm. You can't just yeah. go and talk to them. You have to talk with them. And sometimes that is letting them see something behind you, hearing something and make sure they laugh and cry and feel all the different things. Mm-hmm. You don't want it to be super constant. Um, one of my favorite ways to set up the presentations for Colin when schools would call in or, or moms, a lot of times it was the moms calling in to say, how can we get Colin out to our schools? And that's how so Colin I, came out to our school is we had a, a, a dear friend of ours mm-hmm. and she, she called and she said, okay, I want to get him out here. And she pretty much single-handedly worked with Michelle to make that happen. Mm-hmm. And he was able to speak to several schools in our he area. the whole community, yeah. yeah. Well, and he mm-hmm. came back again. Yep, mm-hmm. he sure did. He, he did a tour twice down mm-hmm. out in Peoria. Mm-hmm. So um, when the when the moms would call in and then I'd start working with the schools, I always suggested, let's get the parents in first. Let's do a big, giant community night. Call it just parents only because he can hit hard facts. You know, and, and a lot of that information, if you look at um, Katie McPherson's information and how she teaches about social media and how the brain works and Dr. Christy Kane, there's so many resources out there. And he would take that information and help the, the parents understand. And then he'd say, okay, don't go home. Don't take the, the phone away from them right away. Let them come hear me tomorrow and then have a very cool conversation with them after school tomorrow. See, and mm-hmm. they came, then the parents and the kids would come together and figure out a strategy on how to limit their time, why social media isn't so great. And then they were they were in agreement together, and it was a better relationship between the parents mm-hmm. and the kid. I love that. Oh, I love that. Well, so then then walk us through kind of what what then happened and and that led to looking up, which is definitely heart and soul and passion. Isn't it beautiful. For, oh, mm-hmm. Like so life sucked so bad last year. Can I say that word? Yes, yes. you can. <laughs> it did. There, it's it's the sentiment. What we all feel. Yes. You know, in, in many different ways. Maybe not just the pandemic, but we lost Colin. We lost a huge voice in this space. And so when, when I was trying to think of, well, what would I call myself if I went and, and started something different? And I said, you know what? We just got to start looking up. And that has so many different meanings. Looking up from yesterday. Yesterday was a really bad day. And these kids, it's, we need to let them know that and remind them that it's okay to have a bad day. It's okay to be depressed and anxious and feel all the feelings. Those are normal feelings. Bad year. Yes. Bad year. Bad season. A bad yeah. day. Mm-hmm. A bad hour. Mm-hmm. A bad minute. Mm-hmm. I've got a sweet girl. She's 16. She texts me all the time and she says, you know, she's looking for validation. She got a C on a test. How did she do? Oh my gosh, you did great. Give yourself a pat on the back. You know, you tried your best. Life is looking up. You can look forward to tomorrow. But it's also looking up from our phones, looking up from our devices, looking up from our work, looking up from, you know, the things that keep us busy and out Mm -hmm. of our kids' lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We need to be looking up. So that's why I came up with the Looking Up Foundation. I love that. So just kind of telling you how I got there. When Colin passed away, I mean, it was a huge loss to the space. And I didn't know how it would continue, but I knew it has to continue. And when I started researching it and talking to lots of different groups in this space, I found that there are people in this space. And... Lots of people wanted me to come work with them, and I do. I want to work with them. I want to work for them. But every platform is so different, I couldn't really grasp the one that would fit me perfectly. Mm. And so I asked Liz if it would be okay. Um, I said, well, she. it was really hard for her to give her blessing to go have speakers go out and speak for Save the Kids. And I get it. Of course, yeah. this is... This is her, you know, and it's Colin. It's what Colin did, and it's painful for her, and... When, when she's not able to give me that blessing, I just asked her, maybe I should resign from Save the Kids and start something new with new speakers. And she felt good about that. She right. felt really, really good about that. So it's a way to keep Colin's message alive. 
but let her continue to figure out how Save the Kids is going to move forward and what they're going to support with the kids. And I have full faith that something really great is going to come out of that. Yeah. But in the meantime, I want to get out in front of the kids. Mm-hmm. There are so many resources for the parents. There are podcasts and there are books and there are websites, but there's nothing for the kids. So I want to get speakers out there to look these kids in the eye, to not be afraid of giving them hugs, to giving them a fist bump, to having a conversation with them and letting them know what their worth is, what how much they are loved. And mm-hmm. yesterday was crappy, but you can look up and you can look forward to tomorrow and how to change their mindset on on moving forward. I mean, can you imagine having cell phones when we were kids? The, the cyberbullying, the pornography, mm-hmm. all these things that these kids have access to at their ha- fingertips. Mm-hmm. I even think about like... I remember being in middle school, which I love what our friend Hank Smith says about middle school. Like, it's the most insecure human beings on the planet, and we put them all in one building, and it's like the (laughs) Hunger Games, right? But I remember, you know, not being invited to a party, and sometimes I knew and would find out weeks later, and sometimes I didn't know. But I feel like kids now, even just simple things being left out, like, it is in their faces. In addition, if I had trouble at school, I could go home to my house and have a weekend of, like, disconnect. I could disconnect from that social craziness they're not they're not they are never getting a break and so their little bodies are just on high alert all the time just yeah. all the their time little minds, you know what? little hearts mm-hmm. yes. it happens with adults too mm-hmm. there's unintentional fomo happening because you totally i have an we i meet up with some of my sisters i've got four sisters and we're super super close they are maybe some of the funnest people i have ever <laughs> met in my life oh, so but you've only met the one Janae, right? I saw the picture. See see the FOMO? (laughs) I had FOMO because Janae, like just some fun people. I'd have FOMO with your sisters too. They are are truly some of my best friends and the best people. But if if two of my sisters just organically, just unintentionally see each other at Costco, which does happen, Mm -hmm. then we end up at lunch. And then the other two sisters, you know, they're like, wait, hold on. You know, we're checking out each other's locations going... Why did I not get the invite? Well, there was no invite. And so then I think about the kids. The kids just having things organically happen. They met, at, they met up at In-N-Out, and then all of a sudden they went somewhere else. And then their friends saying, well, how come I didn't get that invite? It right. was an unintentional mm-hmm. But it seems like mm-hmm. they're in their little minds like everyone's just hanging out. I'm always on the outside. You know where I had the worst FOMO? Where? Mm-hmm. Venmo. Oh, what? I, why do we see people's Venmo activity? I make mine private all the time. I, why I, don't people make it private? Everyone needs to I don't be think, private. I don't think when people I understand see, that they're mainly because I'm embarrassed sometimes of the thing I spend money on. I'm like, <laughs> I'd rather not be judged private. <laughs> no, but when I see that my sister just Venmo my other sister because they went out to lunch, but where okay, was my invite? So, mm, a little tip for everyone if you have Venmo. Go into settings and make yourself private because I don't think you realize that your Venmo activity literally because they're made they made this it defaults banking, to public. They make banking a social media platform. Yeah. That's literally what's happening. So please, if you weren't aware before, for the love, make yourself private. Private. Yes, because otherwise they saw Put that you paid so and so for you know your last whatever. Whatever. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Why did you go for to her for lashes mm-hmm. when you could have gone to my other friend for oh, lashes? I, mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. That has that. It's all I've, of it. I've heard friends talking. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly mm-hmm. about that conversation, and it's silly, and it's, it's unnecessary. It's silly, and it's and unnecessary. And it's preventable. It's so. preventable, but but all those things, they're unintentional. Nobody is, nobody's out to get anybody. Nobody's out to hurt somebody's feelings. Now, when you're in high school, yes, there's going to be some bullying mm-hmm. going on, and it's different because it's cyberbullied. 
I've been cyberbullied. Mm-hmm. And as have I, as good, have Becky. Mm-hmm. It's not a good feeling. Mm-mm. You know, the only way to get really let loose, I don't know about you guys, but my coping mechanism is to lay on the floor of the shower and just cry oh, let the, just, until the hot water runs out. I just yeah. had for chocolate, but that yeah. works too. <laughs> no, no the, I mean, the obvious, I'm all kidding aside, like it's very hurtful because even though it's cyber and even though it's virtual, it reaches a very real place in my heart. Um, mm-hmm. So it's no joke. Well, and as adults, our brains are fully developed. Exactly. And we can figure out how to navigate our way out of that. Mm-hmm. But these kids, if a, if a boy's brain isn't fully developed until they're 30, but here they're at 15 years old, 16, 17, 18 years old, seeing things and getting hurt, they can't process that. And so they immediately think, my life sucks. Right. I can't go forward. You know, I'm depressed. There's something wrong with me. You know, and there's, and then girls, you know, their, their brains aren't fully developed until they're about 24. So there's this constant, mm-hmm. they're just not ready for it. And right. it's a tug of war. And even in the most healthy engagement in social media, there still is that tug of war, right? Yeah. And and for me, that was the main concern for my kids is I want them to have a place where they can rest from all like the craziness of the world and middle school and high school and all the things that they're doing. Like they need a place to be able to like just exhale and just be. And we're creating a situation where we're so involved in each other's lives. We have so much access to everybody's everything that like we don't ever have that anymore. You have to really schedule that. So here's my question. This is where I think we, we will want to go with this conversation. I think most of our listeners are going to feel this with with us, right? Like, mm-hmm. yes, me too. I feel that we've too. We've established the problem. Yeah, we've established but, it as a problem. But now and, what? And yes. also, now what do we do? And also, now, now what do we do? And just in case you never have the opportunity for Michelle and her speakers to come reach your direct community, I'm sure, Michelle, you can share even like a couple of nuggets mm-hmm. right now today in this episode that will help empower our moms, our dads, our parents, our leaders, our teachers, our people who are listening in this amazing community of people who do truly, genuinely want to cultivate a good life for themselves, for their children, for people around them. What kind of what kind of information can you share or, or empowerment can you share that will inspire them? Well, number one, we are the parent. Mm-hmm. But we can also be a friend, but we also have to be the parent, yeah. right? And it's okay to say no. And I mean, my parents said no to me all the time. And so, and I still made it. I'm still okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm still here. I think um, a really good, we're working on a curriculum right now. So when we go into schools, um, we spoke to a school in San Antonio this last week, and they said, you know, we, we have people come in and speak to our kids. And then they leave, and there's nothing left. You know, it's mm. they're one and done. So I promise you, that is the, my biggest passion right now with this message is to not be the one and done. We want to leave our schools and our communities with resources and tools and videos following up. You know, put us on the morning announcements. You know, we'll send you a one-minute, you remember us? We told you to start looking well, up. Are you still looking brilliant. up? Love you know, it. start some school mm-hmm. clubs, you know, the looking up club. And, Love it. You know, you're in the hallways or you're at the shopping center, you're at, at, at in and out wherever you're at, you see somebody down on their phone, you know, looking down, just tell them to look up. We were driving around San Antonio and we were trying to find the Alamo and mm-hmm. we were following our maps and we were so confused by the maps. I finally looked up and there it was. <laughs> All you had to do was look up, right? That's, That's the best story brilliant. ever. So, so here's, here's something really fun. I think um, you take your kids, you find a day, a night, an hour, whatever that looks like. I think a weekend is great. And you tell the kids, even the mom and dad, Leave your phones at home and go on an adventure. Go mm-hmm. hiking. Go go swimming. Go cliff jumping. Mm-hmm. Go Preach. do something crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, the kids are going to say, no, 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 I can't leave my phone. What if somebody texts me? What if, you know, I've got to be in touch. No, you don't. Nobody needs to be in touch with the world that often. Can I add something? Oh. Yes. And as the mom, as a documenter, you can also, you can demonstrate by saying, 
even I am leaving my phone at home because we don't actually need pictures of we this. Don't we don't the need pictures. the pictures mm-hmm. to prove and have evidence that we did the fun thing. This is something that we can all do, including me. Yes, okay? I love that. I'm speaking to my people here, right? Yes. We're documenters in this space yes. and we mm-hmm. appreciate the pictures and the stories, but we don't have to document everything. And by demonstrating to your kids that you too can do this, yeah, that's powerful. One but, of the challenges is go do something fun and don't share it. Yeah, don't or share fail it. at something really big and tell everyone that, dang, I failed. But you yeah. know, if you don't fail, you don't try. One of our friends, Brooke Romney, posted something on social media that was exceptional um, last week, and she said, "I'm not creating. Me- I'm not creating memories." I'm building relationships. Yes. And I think the creating memories kind of lends itself to like the pictures, sharing, the, oh, the fun, remember. And I'm not negating that. Oh, I'm just geez, saying. Never, right? What of if we just change that thought in our head of I'm creating memories to I'm building relationships? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you ever thought I really need I really need a picture or evidence that I'm building a relationship? Right? Like it takes us out of that takes us out of that headspace and shifts it just a little to get us in a little bit more of an intentional headspace. I if think. that's the only takeaway that people feel so far, and we're not done yet, but like that, that is an invitation yeah. from, you, from you, Michelle, to do that. Try well, it this weekend. Try yeah. it next weekend. Plan for it. Get excited about it. Look forward to it. You know, and, and make it a surprise. Mm-hmm. I mean, I plan it, but plan it to yourself as the mother mm-hmm. or as the father, you know, the, the, the group effort, whether you're in a single mom family, single dad family, or a married family, whatever that looks like. Plan it and then just tell your kids, we're leaving all of our phones, even mom and dad. Let's go create some memories some, and build some relationships. And the picture you can take is the one you get when you get home. You know, take it, we did amazing things today. Oh, I love that. You know, mm-hmm. just, and that mm-hmm. way, because I still feel like a picture is important. Yeah. Because it triggers those memories, right? My totally. son gets on my time hop every morning. Oh, yeah. He's like, oh, I remember when I did that. So oh, good. that's so you know, cool. He was too. Mom, tell me more about this story. So without the pictures, it's hard to remember sometimes those oh, those and, details. And Michelle, of course, is preaching to the choir because that's what I mean. Stories matter so much to us, and you're right. Pictures do trigger those happy memories. So we and I want to be clear. I am definitely not suggesting that on every adventure you do that you leave your phone at home. Right. But I do think that you should take advantage of an opportunity so unique like this because we all do just carry them with us. It's default. It's another limb on my body. It is. The phone is just attached. You know. And if the words my- coming out of your mouth are "kids, leave your phones at home," except I'm going to bring mine. Right. You've completely negated it. Yeah. The other thing I would just add is like something Becky and I have actually been talking about in our friendship a lot lately is maybe consider leaving the friends at home too, right? Mm. Like, Oh, for sure. Having time with just your family, even though it's so fun to have friends and friends are not bad. Like we love our kids' friends. We love it. But we also really make sure that like, no, we are going to just spend time as a family and not once in a while, but... Friends are the exception and not the rule, essentially, because it takes time. It takes being together to build those relationships. And sometimes friendships can really eclipse sibling and familial relationships, and we don't realize it till it's too late. And the phrase that comes to my mind with that context that Becky just shared is it's me being protective of my family togetherness, my family relationships. It's just that protective nature. Like in order to do that, oh my goodness, thank goodness friends for friends, right? I'm so grateful for friends. And also my family is the most important. So I have to protect that well and think about what can happen you just you know your kids are going to be a little bit resentful they don't want to leave their phones at home especially okay. teenagers yeah you know they get over it but you get in the car and you create these memories and build these relationships and what happens when i mean i'm thinking about not bringing the friends then the friends see their families uh, their friends families doing this go. building this relationship and they go to their parents hey i want to be more like the rigbies let's mm-hmm. go out and, and do a family saturday adventure everyone leaves their phones at home and it's just the way of connect and those yeah. are the things that we're going to remember when, you know, we're sitting down on our rocking chairs, mm. right? Knitting, 
bonnets for our grandbabies. <laughs> That's what we're going to be doing, guys. Have you heard? From I actually probably will. That sounds like something actually, I would you do. Probably will. That's. I, I was telling one of my speakers yesterday. A couple of them actually. That my goal is to get have these guys be the the vehicles to get this message out. Oh, but let me let me say this too. Talking to all these other companies and wondering they're wondering if we're going to compete against each other mm. my response to everyone is no we are not competing because there cannot be enough people in this space mm. trying to get these kids through this crazy time of life sharing that same message sharing the yeah. same yeah. message same message different, different flavors yes and we need all of it that's so, how I feel about documenting. I just want to relate that is I, I don't have the corner of the market on documenting knowledge or inspiration. My goodness. We, same thing. We need all hands on deck, like inspiring people to write their stories, to preserve these memories and these pieces of our heart. Amen. And all day long. Yes. Mm-hmm. I hear Katie McPherson say all the time that it's going to take a village. You know, it's going to take a village to raise these kids and, mm-hmm. and get these kids to where they need to be. But in my opinion, it's also going to take an army to save these kids. Mm. You know, bring bring on the village, but bring in those army. Put on that battle gear and let's go fight for these kids. Mm. I respect brands and messages and people that that kind of live in that abundance mentality of like, it's not about me, it's about the message. And whoever is part of that message, like, yes, room for everybody. There's so much to do. It's such an empowering thing because it makes, you know, if a listener out there is feeling called to like, yes, I want to help with this reach out to Michelle, like she, you know, reach out to whoever. There's plenty of room for everybody. And most of the amazing people we get to work with echo that exact same sentiment. And I don't know that people realize that, that there's not communication. I know in podcasting, hello, totally that way, totally supporting each other, totally building each other up and amplifying each other. And that is how we can actually change the world. When we take ourselves out of it and we make the message the star. Well, I have people reaching out to me. How can I help with the Looking Up Foundation? And I might not have a specific spot for you yet. Totally. But I know other platforms out there that do need help and would love help. Um, there's a really great platform called Be- um, Better Screen Time. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And they they are really cut cold turkey, get off their phones. And I appreciate it. And there's a niche for that. There are families that need to just cut cold turkey and take away the phones from you know everyone except right. their work. But, you know, and Colin always said, stop giving kids smartphones. I have a little different take on that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I. This is my opinion, and it'll resonate with some people, and and, other it, won't people, and it won't with others, and that's okay. So there are platforms for those people, but in my opinion, the smartphone is never going to go away. It's not. It's not. And you know what? Neither is social media. Right. In fact, there are going to be more social media platforms and more things that we're going to have to mm-hmm. guide our kids through. And I think as parents, you know, as long as we are aware of those and what our kids are doing, and you know, yeah, TikTok is stupid. But you know, I downloaded it. I put it on my phone. I want to see what all the other kids are looking at, what they're seeing, what they're doing, mm-hmm. so that I can talk educationally to them saying, well, when you see these things, how does it make you feel? Right. What makes you feel crappy? Let's get it off of it. Snapchat, too. Snapchat mm-hmm. is the devil. But mm-hmm. Snapchat is the devil. I will say <laughs> Snapchat's it. Snapchat's the devil. I'll disagree on that. Yeah. But the way these kids, these older teenagers are communicating, that's the only way they're communicating. They're not texting. They're not mm-hmm. using Marco Polo. They're using Snapchat, and so there's this FOMO. So how do you, once you give a kid the Snapchat, how do you take it back? I don't have the answers for that. You know, I think that's very personal between the parent and the child, and it's different for every single family. Absolutely. But one thing I know for me, and and I know a lot of our listeners can echo the same sentiment, The one of the biggest challenges of distance learning for our family was allowing the kids enough access because so much of their learning and what schools even kind of turn to during this bizarre time was a lot of 
things that our kids typically don't have on their phones. Sure. And so it was it was a learning experience for me too to be like, okay, you know, we, we feel really good about the conversations we have in our home about social media and about internet use in general. And also I'm telling you, parents, like your kids are going to have to be using these things at school. So whether or not you train them or teach them or have the conversation is not negating the fact that it's a presence in their life. No. Right? And it's my opinion that because I've got friends that won't give their kids smartphones until they're 16 or mm-hmm. maybe not give them social media until they're 18. Well, if they're 18, just not getting social media, they're out exploring the world at college on their own, not under your roof. No, I want my kids to be, you know, with limits, exploring and seeing things and feeling things and having reactions and being able to come to me and say, Mom, well, this is a good one. This is one that Colin um, talked about a lot and I plan on using it. It's um, my kids when they come, when they've done something bad. They've done something where they feel really guilty for or shame, mm-hmm. and they want to tell me something. They just come up to me and mom and say, Mom, no trouble bubble. And so mm-hmm. then I put myself in this big imaginary bubble, mm-hmm. and I am ready for them to tell me that they cussed, that they stole something, that they failed a test, that maybe they are attracted to the other, you know, the same sex. Maybe, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not talking about just my family, just right. in general. Be ready for those hard conversations because there are so many times that the child would go to the parent and say, you know what, I am I think I'm gay. And the parent will say, in fact, I was on the phone call on the way over mm-hmm. here. And they, the child went and said, Mom, I'm gay. And she said, you're disgusting. I, oh. You know, you, you can't live under my roof no. if you're going to have that way of life. And to oh. me that, I mean, obviously, your, your reaction, that is not the way we, that's parenting it's- like Satan. Right, you know that's totally well, and I wonder too. Loves us. God I loves too us. That poor mom, probably like maybe maybe she was coming from a very obviously a place of fear and, and hate obviously. and all these things. Yeah. But her reaction, if she could have stopped for even five or ten minutes and no really trouble, thought bubble. about like right. how she was going to react, if it probably would have come out differently. So I like we've we've Aww. done this with our kids, and they've told us some things. Thankfully, not super hard, difficult things yet. But I am prepared when they when they come to me and say no trouble bubble. Okay, I. Bring in all my juices and I just clear my mind and I think of the absolutely worst thing, which wouldn't be the worst because I love my kids. Yeah. Right. I love my kids. Exactly. You know, and so they they can tell me something and my first reaction, I love you. Thank you for having the courage to tell me because that took a lot of courage. Yes. Mm. And then you just embrace them in a hug. mm, That is the way we need to respond every single time it could be something little like i used a bad word i mean really let's put things in grand oh, perspective only that was the hardest i know thing. is Heaven that really the... i cried right. tears of joy but i mean you really and i'm not going to put any words in anyone's mouth that's listening right now but think of what would be the most horrific thing that would just yeah. break your heart just imagine that that could happen put yourself in that place and prepare your heart the no trouble bubble as michelle says to receive it and to respond in love. Thank you for having the courage to share that with me. I love you no matter what. There is nothing you could do that would make me not love you. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is this is what our kids have to have from us. They have to know that we love them no matter what. Doesn't mean there's not consequences. Because if your child comes to you and says, Mom, no trouble bubble. Okay, I'm ready to listen. Um, I stole something today out mm-hmm. of the grocery store. I was at Circle K and I took a Tootsie Roll. Yeah. Okay, I love you. Thank you for having the courage to tell me. Give them a big hug and say, but you do know that we have to take that back. We've got to go talk to the store manager and just let them know. Mm-hmm. There's still a consequence, you know, and maybe you're going to have to take garbage out for the, for the rest of your life. Right. You know, there, there's <laughs> going to be a consequence, but it doesn't have to be associated with the, you're sick and disgusting. Right. It's, it's the, it's, I love you. And when the, when the kids feel like they can trust you to come to you and tell you something 
of small nature, they're going to eventually be able to tell you something of big nature. I have mm-hmm. to say something. I'm like bursting at the seams. I can't not say Go this. Girl. It's a it's a big thing in my family because I've made it a big thing. And that is that I actually never use the word but in situations like this. It is always an and. You did not do the right thing. Thank you for telling me. You did. Now, obviously, that was wrong. And because you did it, there are natural consequences like and that. blah, 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 blah. Mm. The and is really important because to me, it's like this happens and also now this will happen. I think the overarching theme here and one thing we really need to remember is when our kids come to us with stuff like that, the reactionary part of us, if we're being honest and we're digging to like that gross, yucky thought and narrative is like, I'm a bad parent. Oh my gosh, what have I done? Where did I fail? And that's what causes us to be like, Blah, 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 blah. You know mm, what I mean? We say things we don't mean. Guys, oh, yeah. you're an adult. You can handle the discomfort of knowing you have raised a human being. What? Mm. A human being who is growing and developing. I heard this very interesting um, thought about by the age of 15, our kids are essentially done learning from us. Like, I know. Which when you shared that with me, I'm like, like what? That. It's too late. And the only <laughs> thing at that time they are learning from us is whether or not we are safe. And so I have always had that in my head, particularly with my teens, like, am I safe? Am I presenting myself as a safe place for them? And so I have that thought always going, and hopefully that will leave the door of communication open as we navigate social media, crazy internet, all the things, Mm. all the craziness. Well, and thank goodness for Michelle and many people who are in that space who are trying to educate us, inspire us, empower us. Give with, tools. Oh, yeah. It, it is the tools. And you gave us a couple here. You you whet our appetite for sure. Maybe, Michelle, that's a good place to kind of wrap up is helping people understand where they can not only connect with you, but understand more about the Looking Up Foundation so that they can entertain that possibility in their community. So what I want to do is just continue what I had started with Colin and sending out people to get in front of these kids, for these kids to be able to connect with a presenter. You know, you don't always want to hear the message from your mom or your dad. Mm-hmm. And But if you can get somebody that can come in and just be amazing, make you feel something, and then what we're working on right now is we've got speakers going out, but we're working on a curriculum, a follow-up, something to mm, leave behind with the school. So good. We're going to start a fundraiser really soon. Do you know how much it costs to build an app? No. I mean, yes, I do. You should. Actually. I was going to say. In fact, I do. I'm pretty sure it's, you should. It's like and keep it going. A lot of money. It's like triple billion dollars. Like, it's ridiculous. And mm-hmm. I'm doing everything out of my pocket right now. Just, I mean, for me, it's it's not about the money. It's the message. Let's get, let's just save these kids. So yeah. I want to create an app. I've got this great idea. I've got a team working with me and plugging in some things to, to help these kids have something. Because, like I said, smartphones aren't going away. Let's give them an app that helps them understand what they're feeling why they're feeling it, where that feeling has come from, and then some coping tools. Yeah, what to do with it. You guys, if you have if you have picked up nothing from this episode, I want you to like remember kind of the story arc of Michelle in this work. She was a parent who was just on social media, saw a funny person, who then had a larger message, who then she felt a nudge to bring that to her place with her people. She followed through on she the She followed nudge, through on took it. Took action. Without any experience or know-how or any of it. All and it that's was scary. was a nudge. Mm-hmm. It's so And the budget scary. of doing lashes. In the budget of doing <laughs> Let's lashes. Let's not forget that. But she did it. Mm-hmm. She did it. She felt that prompting. She felt that nudge. And she took all her not knowingness, all her like fear, and did something. And look what the result is. Exactly. And guess what? 
every single one of us have the power to do the exact same thing. That's right. And I want to just kind of, I want to express my gratitude, not only for Michelle, but for everyone who is in that space, who is trying to do, who's trying to share that message and educate people, kids and adults and in their own flavor. Becky and I talk about that a lot, like how important it is to tap into what your specific gifts are, the way that you can deliver something that is part of your message, doing it in your way. I thank you and I thank everyone in that space because Mm, we do have a great work to do in saving our kids and saving ourselves for that matter. Well, thank you for having me today. Thank you for inspiring us. And friends, thank you so much, as always, for carving out the time to listen and for joining us in this continued conversation about cultivating a good life. Nothing we have said is more important than the specific things you have felt that are personal for you. We invite you to write down those promptings and most importantly, act on them. We love you. We're cheering you on and we look forward to being with you next week. Bye-bye. Bye guys. Bye guys. the foundation of your microphone my muffin top (laughs) it's almost like that pregnancy (laughs) ledge like if I slouch over and have on high-waisted maybe slightly too small pants it just nestles right in like a little hug I find that sometimes if I don't have a cup holder yes (laughs) you know what blessings blessings of my evolving shape and body and and you don't want to get rid of that no way man it's wonderful and you don't even have to be pregnant that's the miracle of it (laughs) hashtag tender mercy (laughs) Blessings in disguise.